We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dynasty deep dive time on Rotoviz Overtime. We're going to be jumping into some listener questions today. We're going to be talking to strategies and we're going to be trying to give you as much actionable information for your own leagues as I guess we'll say is humanly possible. I don't know if that's an over exaggeration of what we can expect today, but this is one that I'm looking forward to diving into. We have had a number of questions that have built up over the last couple of weeks. We're going to answer some of them. And of course, as always, we're going to mix that into Dynasty strategy. This Sean peeling back the curtain is a show that has been recorded probably about a week ago. I'm on vacation at the moment. We tried to get ahead of ourselves to make sure we kept that content coming out as we were away. So Sean also getting a, a well-deserved break. But that also means, Sean, that this week is a busy week because we're recording more times than we normally do to make sure we have a kind of a week and a half bonus content coming the way off the road of his OT community. But looking forward to today's show. How are you doing as we talk today, but we share this in the future <laughs> good good and colin as we do these dynasty shows it doesn't tend to be quite as player focused but if we say anything that sounds weird today based on news in the next week you'll understand that that is why but no we've we've had a great time doing just these early shows on the dynasty reanimator series we think that this is going to be fun as we go forward you've mentioned several times that Listeners have gotten back to you within the hour after some of these episodes come out and some of the questions are answered. I actually thought that some of the listeners had hacked into my computer and got the files before they were uploaded. Some of the questions come in that quick or some we of the have feedback. Some, so. some time traveling listeners. That is <laughs> that is fantastic. And we also have some questions that we won't necessarily get to today, but are going to be part of sort of the show's fabric. So we have a couple of really cool questions here from Ellie. She asks about the perpetual reload, says it's always mentioned. Is there a podcast where that is outlined? Colin, we have about six podcasts that are sort of foundational pieces with this. And then they're, they're about evenly spread between Stealing Bananas and Rotoviz over time. Colin is going to reach out with those. Also, if you're interested in those, you can reach out to him. He knows what they are at this point. Got the dates down for those. And then Ellie and everyone, we're going to have some more perpetual reloading and permanent championship window, these two concepts that are attached to each other. Obviously, what we're trying to do is, I mean, the reloading part is a lot of fun. It's this permanent championship window that we're going for. We want to win championships and we want to consistently be there for them. So that show, the 2023 version of it, 
will be coming in the near future. Also have a question here about trading back, that being the superpower and a deeper dive into that. We'll go into that in upcoming shows as well. Also have some articles on the site for that column. Anytime we mention those, you like to point out that there is the coupon code RV Radio 2023 for a 10% discount. So if you are a listener, but you're thinking about subscribing, you can do that. Obviously, there's no pressure to do that. Colin, the other thing that I also wanted to mention is it occurred to me that we have all of these listeners reaching out saying that they have purchased orphans after listening to the show. That is really cool. You know, if you want, you can let the FFPC know. You can kind of tag column, tag the FFPC, say that purchase this orphan afterward. That'll get a little bit of conversation going. I know the FFPC will appreciate it because they're also trying to sell some of these other dynasty leagues. You'll be able to fill up your own league a little more quickly in that manner. And some of these teams, if they're sold, then the leagues become a little bit more active. So it works out well for everybody. But the reason that I bring this up is that We've mentioned on OT, and I keep forgetting to mention on Ceiling Bananas, and uh, anybody who gave it a listen earlier this week, Ben and I did a hiatus show. We had a lot of fun with that. We're going to take a little bit of time off just to breathe a little bit, and when we come back, hopefully the level of enthusiasm will be what it's always been, but we just needed a little bit of a breather. Uh, But that means that I can't tell you on Stealing Bananas about the teams that are available in that league. So, Colin, you and I mentioned the teams we mentioned the players. We mentioned the price. I don't think that I ever mentioned like how you would actually find that team, though. You need to know what <laughs> league we're in, which Ben and I are in the Rotovis Triflex. So you always want to look for that. There are some great leagues that are not Rotovis Triflex, but obviously we are in the Triflex version. It's a $750 league. It is League 57. So there are two teams in League 57. If you buy either of those teams, you will be competing And hopefully trading with me and Ben, we'd love to trade with you, both of the teams in that league. If I weren't in the league, I'd want to buy them myself. There were a couple times this week, Colin, where I was looking at teams and almost getting ready to reach out to a potential co-manager and say, let's buy this one. And then I realized I had a different team in that league, which that'd be a little bit sketchy. So I won't be buying a second team in those leagues, but they are available. Again, it's RV Triflex, the $750 level league 57 two really cool teams there buy those if you want to play against us colin where are we going today yeah so you mentioned the triflex i would highly recommend for anyone that hasn't tried it out to try it out today's question is not going to be triflex related but you touched on the perpetual reloading question at the start of the show there will be an element sean where we start talking about draft picks here and and it really does fit that mold it's a question that comes in from richard and richard and myself have got to communicate over some emails recently and uh he's from new zealand again the community is truly worldwide sean he is a a brother who is actually his twin brother john who actually listens into the show as well so lots of great communication we often get people saying that they don't want to tell their friends that they're listening to road of his podcast because the information is so beneficial but I don't know if they're in the same leagues or different leagues or how they're working it, but they're both listening in. So shout out to both of them. But this question comes in from... Well, I think that we've mentioned before that the Hurdles brothers here, I mean, we're very jealous. At least I'm jealous. Colin, you live in Ireland, obviously a beautiful country. I live out in the desert. The desert, even with the, the heat and the sun, the sort of stark grandeur, I mean, it's much more beautiful out here than people realize. But New Zealand... I mean, New Zealand is the most beautiful place on the earth, right? I mean, is that your understanding as well? 
it's pretty nice and i have to admit there's a lot of it that's similar to ireland but sean i'm gonna let the listeners who are watching on youtube or people who are listening in but i have a, a picture that some people may be able to see right behind me here and i did share this with uh richard via email it is actually a map of new zealand when i was in new zealand with my wife we'd done a three-week road trip where we went from the north island to the south island covered it all and i made it as a a wedding gift then where i've kind of mapped out the entire route that we we took so it's pretty cool uh, i think it's pretty cool anyway i made it a one of my prized possessions at this point but yeah new zealand is is a pretty epic uh, place anyone that gets the opportunity to go and have a a trip i would highly recommend that also but he mentions here sean in this question uh, that and a lot of people are in this this part but he mentions the insight to this team. He's at the crescendo off seasons off, off his rebuild here. So two years of absolute pain has led him to the rookie draft that he needs to crush. And I know a lot of people will know that feeling. And it mightn't be that you've gone through a two-year rebuild, but sometimes you feel this draft is a, a very important one. But in terms of the league details, and again, we'll go through it, but it's not the most important part for answering this the overall question on strategy. But it's 12-team league, two quarterbacks, 0.5 PPR, 0.25 points per carry and one point ppr for tight end so there's a lot of different parts i love leagues where there's lots of different elements to the scoring but he says ultimately outside of needing two quarterbacks this is an rb dominant league and scoring 12 players scored over 250 points at running back last year only three at wide receiver got over the 250 so shows you that you know when we're building up some of our teams and talking about it we're looking at those flex positions talking about getting the wide receivers in there this is a league where it's two quarterbacks two running backs two wide receivers start one tight end and two flexes so we talk about the opportunity and say the ffpc to try and get those extra wide receivers in there this is a league where having those running backs may also be more beneficial in that situation but pretty set up in terms of the team i'm not going to go through the entire team i do like a lot of the players that are involved but sean where it gets interesting here is the draft picks that he does have 2023 this upcoming draft he mentions he needs to crush it he has the 101 the 102 the 106 the 108 the 111 the 201 and the 202 he also has five thirds this sounds like a very sean siegel draft coming up here where he's decided that he's going to have all the picks in the entire draft but again fits into that you know trying to perpetually reload this roster 2024 he also has three 2024 firsts one that he predict, predicts to be early and two that are likely in those later playoff positions he said how would you attack this draft he is a lock for the 101 with Bijan robinson then he'll likely go with a quarterback based on being the two quarterback league at the 102 but considering the current crop of wide receivers that he has which are at the moment hurt lance and love would you like to be moving back at that pick? I guess that's from the 102. Obviously, then there is also the 106, 108, 111 in there. Sean sometimes likes to move back to get into that future draft. Again, I mentioned the three 2024 firsts that are there at this point in time. The other part is the strength of running back in this league, and also there's a strong strength of quarterback. Would you look to consolidate capital here and be in top heavy or potentially look to try and shift some of the, the firsts that he already has for proven talent so with these drafts you also always have the option to go ahead get your rookie but we talked a couple of weeks ago sean a particular trade that we discussed was about george pickens and the one uh, a first round pick was one we talked about and that's actually one of the shows that you touched on earlier it was that somebody had made the trade after listening to that show and the message they'd sent was within an hour of the show coming out so they thought what we were talking about was highly actionable there and they they went and made that deal but running back is 
a fickle position he mentions in this league and wide receivers are very rarely difference makers based on that score and setting that I mentioned. So what are some of your thoughts as you look in? And the first thing I have to say is I'm, I'm impressed with the, the haul of picks he has for the next uh, two drafts coming up here. It's so cool. It's so cool. And when you get that haul, part of what you're trying to do there is that, I mean, in his 2024 line, it says perpetual reloading, baby. So that's perfect. You're trying to, to create that money machine. And you're going to move some of these back. It's going to be difficult to keep them all and develop them all on the roster at the same time. And yet this team is ready to be a league winner. So you want to keep that in mind as well. I think one of the great things about this roster is that with the QB position, it being Hurts, Lance, and Love, the fact that it appears, and we're kind of right on the cusp maybe of knowing, but it appears that Love is going to be a starter next season when you have Hertz, that gives you the foundation that then you can be a little bit more contingent on the other two, especially as we hear that Purdy's going to have to put off his surgery a little bit. I think that gives even a better chance that Lance is going to come through and be the guy next season. I mean, he needs to perform either way. If he's going to hold that job, if he's going to score you fantasy points. But when you look at this roster, it is very, very young. The running back, the top two guys, Kenneth Walker and James Cook. I think that Cook, you know, we had excitement for him last season as people are wanting to kind of buy both cook and singletary right at that edge of where their value actually was cook doesn't exactly hit he's going to be in a better situation for year two but because he didn't hit because there are new guys now the price on him in a lot of these early best ball leagues has been pretty favorable so he's someone i'd be looking to draft you know within certain parameters in that format i think having these two guys to then be able to build off of here is really cool some wide receiver depth a lot of youth a few of the again kind of contingency based guys at least in terms of how last season panned out so i think the adding there is a possibility when i look at these picks it's always that question of the earlier picks are going to have more value but as you move through the draft the managers who didn't get to pick even though the picks become less valuable, they also become a little bit more desperate to do something. And from that perspective, I think that you don't necessarily have to move the 101, the 102. Now, you mentioned Robinson. You put him onto this team as your superstar running back. And suddenly, again, with this running back heavy league, you're looking like you're in great shape. This is also a, a cool time to sort of plug the Rotoviz rookie guide. We made not any kind of like crazy hot takey type of stand on the quarterbacks but we did move them down a little bit compared to what the consensus is and we had gibbs and a couple of the wide receivers a little bit higher in relation to cj stroud and bryce young so it's not that we're necessarily down on the qbs as reality prospects but they're gonna have to be very good to be elite fantasy difference makers that can be difficult especially early on so it's not to say we want to push you off of those qbs so make sure we're thinking about what the value is going to be early where you might be able to place someone and move them we really like gibbs i think that he probably is the best dual threat running back prospect since christian mccaffrey mccaffrey is somebody we were extraordinarily high on one of the things is we kind of look back through these last six, seven years in rookie drafts. I think the thing I'm, I'm most excited about or most proud of is that we were higher on some of the biggest stars 
than the consensus. And that's just so valuable when you consider that the running backs, they have the short shelf life, but if they do hit, you need to have them because they're so impactful. Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, all players we were higher on. One of the things that you can do potentially with the 101 is to move that pick for a Jonathan Taylor or a Brees Hall plus a lot because those players are both a little bit out of fashion. Now, Taylor going at the end of round one in best ball. So there's a limit to how out of fashion. But when you drop from the 101 to the 1010, people are much more skeptical, right? Hall has the injury questions which push him to sort of one two turn. Because Robinson is such an immense talent and considered to be one of the greatest running back prospects of all time, it seems silly to think that you could move that pick for a player, the quality of a Jonathan Taylor or Brees Hall, and get something else significant in addition. But you probably want to at least explore that. And even then, it's not some kind of home run. I mean, you could miss on that. They could have another bad year, and Robinson could come out and be this guy who puts up 350 fantasy points like a Saquon Barkley. Obviously, in this particular running back heavy format, it'd be even more points than that. But those are some of the things that you're wanting to think about. I mean, I would be tempted to go running back, running back to start. I I love Gibbs. I think he would be the 101 in most drafts. I mean, you think about him. And again, there's going to be a little bit of hindsight element to this. But the guy that we didn't really like in the last several years was Najee Harris. And it's not that we hated him, but felt like a very clear cut that he should be behind someone like a Jamar Chase, behind someone like a Kyle Pitts behind a couple of those quarterbacks, perhaps even behind Javante Williams and Travis Etienne. We had Etienne higher. That part hasn't worked out from a scoring perspective, but I think from a talent perspective, it's been pretty clear that Harris is behind those guys. I mean, Gibbs would be ahead of all three of those backs. So when you have the 102 and you're looking at quarterbacks and maybe those quarterbacks are not going to run, and maybe they will run more at the NFL level, but if they're not, hybrid QBs and you have Gibbs sitting there that's something that I would think about with the 106 the 108 there are going to be some receivers even in this league where it's not nearly as valuable if you add that one more young receiver to the roster it becomes pretty interesting and then we get into that 111 201 202 column there are three backs and maybe even they'll be elevated in this scoring format above that level but we have the combine coming up. I'm really excited to see how the next tier of running backs run. If they show out as athletes, then suddenly this 2023 draft class that was very heavily touted a year ago, a lot of those guys took a mild step back as college players this past season. If they perform well at the combine, I think a lot of that will be erased. So we're not too many days away from knowing how to trade some of these 2023 picks on the early going. But the other thing that I would just say is be careful not to trade too early when you're actually in the rookie draft itself. My experience is that is when you get the most value back for your picks. Yeah, usually the when you're on the clock is when the picks are, are most valuable, when people are feeling that crunch as to getting the player that they, they really want to get. The other question, Sean, was regarding, you know, moving some of those picks for um current players maybe players even in their second third fourth year i guess but i would be saying again with that i would be potentially putting it out there that these picks are on offer let me know what you're well you know what people want to give up for them is that the way you would be looking for it or would you be targeting certain players with 
let's say it's a 108, would you be going out and targeting players with that? The best way to make the most trades is to show a lot of flexibility and kind of approach it from both sides. You want to let people know that the picks are not off limits. The worst thing that you can do is say, you know, this is a foundation piece. I'm not going to trade the player. When you get some nibbles, you want to let people know that you're willing to trade these assets, but you're probably above the market on them. And that just allows you to communicate where you are and set a price expectation that allows you to do some negotiation from kind of where you want to be. It's not trying to bully the opposing manager or sort of poison the discussion right from the beginning. If you're honestly above the market on those picks, which you should be, I mean, you acquired them because you feel like they're a little bit more valuable than they tend to go for. It's fair to, and it only makes sense to communicate that to other managers so they know that you will work with them, but also what the price expectations are. So you don't have to spend a lot of time exchanging these early trade offers that are way off that, I mean, that wastes time, but it also can create some frustration. You kind of want to cut all of that process out. But then if there are players you want too, like a Jonathan Taylor or Brees Hall, you want to have a, just reach out, discuss a little bit, like what would it take? Are you guys looking to move off of these players? You know, are they available? Because if you are more aggressive in terms of seeking out specific players, you're again able to sort of set the conversation as opposed to being reactive. Anytime that you get someone announcing, okay, I'm going to trade this player in the next 24 hours for the best possible price. I mean, the best possible price will probably not be that great. It's not that it won't ever work out, but you want to be consistently creating discussions that are fair and that are honest in terms of the communication, but that are also set on your terms to where you can really get a deal done. If you are working with someone else's valuation for these players and trying to get the deal done, that rarely works out. And it just, it creates frustration. You're trying to make as many of these trades go as smoothly as possible because you want those relationships almost as much as you want the trades. Now, when you've got the situation that Richard is in here where he is really controls the draft, his team is set. He's going to be in this permanent championship window based on all of the assets that he has. I mean, he can afford to be patient, but at the same time, you still want those relationships to work. You don't want to get into the situation where now you have all of the leverage, but you use the leverage in a way that gets everyone frustrated with you. I mean, it's not to say that people won't be frustrated. <laughs> Frustration is a normal result of talking trade, but the difference between relationship breaking frustration and just the normal friction i mean that's that's a big deal and so you want to make sure that as you're going through and discussing these trades you're aware of those other factors hey what's up listeners it's curtis patrick from the rotoviz fantasy football podcast and now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level too epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. With a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. 
And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next question, Sean, comes in from Brad, and we're talking about the perpetual championship window. Sean, Brad is asking us about the perpetual mediocrity window. That's not where we want to be. That's not where we want him to be either. So he says some nice comments at the start about myself and yourself, the podcast, over the the last couple of years. But he mentioned that uh, he's trying to get out of the perpetual mediocrity window with his team. It's an FFPC Dynasty League, a standard FFPC League, which still will be tight end premium. It's in the 77 dollar format so he mentioned bad management mostly and a little bit of bad luck over the last years have set his roster back perhaps still with decent potential but a few established stars uh, a lack of wide receiver depth and a lack of high draft picks this year and next year he's found it difficult to work out how to be uh, how patient to be with players given the relatively short bench in the ffpc dynasty format he's interested in our thoughts in terms of trying to lift this roster up says, for example, do I trade away my highest value assets, which will be Kenneth Walker, Debo Samuel, such as they are for multiple picks and get a rebuild underway. So to go through some of his rosters, Daniel Jones, Trey Lance, Sam Howell, he did have Tom Brady, but obviously Tom Brady is now retired, so no longer available. Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, Raheem Mostert, Rashad Penny, Kyron Williams, Dearness Johnson, Eno Benjamin. He does mention then Debo Samuel, Branton Ayuk, Jacoby Myers, Jahan Dodson, Wendell Robinson, Taekwon Thornton, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Trey McBride at tight end. So when we look at it, Sean, 2023 picks, third round picks, fourth round picks, fifth round picks, sixth round picks, there is multiple picks in there, but the first pick is the 306 and the 309. 2024, no first round picks and has all his uh, picks after that. So 2024 is just the first round missing. So that is not worst case scenario, obviously. But we look through some of the options, Sean, big deal that kind of moved him into not having his first this year was Debo Samuel acquired for a 2020 or sorry last year 2022 first round pick and then the 2023 second so he has moved those picks for players I think Sean that when you look through it there's a an interesting amount of players here who are going to be ascending in value I know Daniel Jones is somebody you like who I mentioned on the roster Trey Lance is there who you talked about already on today's show Sam Howell is somebody we've talked a lot about recently um, so there is quarterback options there, but Kenneth Walker drafted with the 103 last year for him. Ramondre Stevenson, who we've talked about recently, we've talked a bit about Mostert as well, who not a high value asset, but somebody who can give you those points when you want them on the on the board as a, a running back too. Debo Samuel, Brant Nayuk, Jacoby Myers has had a solid run, but Jahan Dodson is somebody coming into the second season. We did a draft 
very recently where we took a lot of second year wide receivers that were hoping to make the leap and Wendell Robinson was one of them take one Thornton was one of them so I think Sean and, and Trey McBride is is one of my favorite young tight ends so there is pieces here but the question comes in is you know how patient do you be to let that kind of young crop develop together and improve to become championship contender and then about moving those players for assets and one of the players that probably stands out the most is the likes of Adebo Samuel who is now at this point a veteran NFL player who is on to that second contract who has had some injuries and still has value he may be the piece to to move rather than a Kenneth Walker but what are your thoughts on the patience element of it and also potentially moving a couple of those guys to try and add multiple pieces to your roster in terms of patience, that that's one of the great things about this idea of perpetual reloading is that as opposed to trying to pick a window and saying, I'm going to target this time period, we're thinking almost exclusively in terms of the value of the roster as it would be represented in draft picks. And then if we continue to move pieces such that that value is increasing, 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 that over time we end up with this combination of players and picks that is so powerful that the team itself is going to be dominant regardless of if we keep moving sort of window players. So if you have five or six stars and then you have five or six, you know, tier two or three, depending on how you're talking about tiers, but contingency based players or as we talked about at the birth of road of his high volatility players players where if things break correctly that they explode up in value and then you have five or six future first second combination and ideally you'd even get to the point where you have more than that but you can move pieces and your roster just continually gets more powerful one of the ways that you can do that when you look at this particular team is that I feel pretty strongly that he has not lucked into, but made some really good decisions at the quarterback position. Daniel Jones, Sam Howell, two of our favorites, and the jump in value that we're seeing for those two guys is so significant that it allows you to do some other things with the roster. If you don't have quarterbacks in Superflex, then everything that you're trying to do is really based on getting some QB depth. Now, one of the things that I've mentioned is, especially in 20 roster spot leagues, you can actually rely on free agency to an extent. Last season, two thirds of the quarterbacks essentially missed time or created an opportunity for the backup to score fantasy points at some key juncture of the season. It's not gonna be as high-end scoring, but also, you're not then as reliant on your own QB stay healthy. I mean, the, the flip side of the fact that so many backups are able to score is that all of those starters at those key moments were also not available. You can look at it from the perspective of, okay, well, I need to continue to build QB depth because I've got to withstand all of that. Or you can think back to what we've always done at the running back position and say, this is why zero RB works. The chaos of the season means that we're going to be able to go out and benefit from constructing the roster in this fashion and it's going to get better as the season goes along 
So you want to keep those things in mind. But when you have a Daniel Jones, especially, he's someone where you can get a lot of value for him right now in a huge number of leagues. It may not be yours, but if you have Daniel Jones, he's someone that you want to explore moving. I think you could also explore moving both of those running backs for Andre Stevenson, someone who has a ton of value right now. And then Debo, one of these wide receivers where I do think it makes sense to move him. We talk all the time about anybody you have on your team, you want to be able to play them for two years and then trade at their peaks. If after two years, you think there's a strong likelihood that the value will have declined substantially, then go ahead and move them now. Obviously, in all of these situations, you have to have a trade partner who's willing to pay the value that is legitimate that you would put on that player. But if you can move those guys, I think it's going to help build just a powerhouse in the long term. I like this roster. I don't necessarily think that it's non-competitive for this season. And so that also gives you some leverage because you don't have to make moves. That team, especially if some of those wide receivers, the young receivers that you mentioned, Colin, those guys hit. That team is going to be very competitive. That gives you the flexibility to approach this from multiple paths. Yeah, it's a, a very fascinating team to see. It feels like, you know, if you share this to some people, they'll think this team has nothing. But I, I think uh, there's quite nice pieces in this that could really rise in value over the next 12 months. As we get ready to finish up, Sean, I want to give a shout out to Tim, who sent in a, a, an interesting story to share with yourself, which I've shared. But Tim's a bit of a trade machine in his leagues as well but shared some awesome stories um about his most recent seasons he is a, a commissioner of a league where 55 total trades took place over the the, the majority of last season so i think that he, he mentioned that listening into stealing bananas and ot over last off season really set him up for all those trades so uh fun stories shared by him thanks for sending them our way but that is going to do it for today's show sean hopefully everyone's enjoyed listening and i think there's a lot of actionable stuff there to take away for anybody playing in dynasty leagues if you have any questions have any topics you would like to hear myself and sean discuss and sean mentioned the perpetual reloading show that we will be doing over the course of the next month or so but there's there's lots of questions that do come in from time to time on certain subjects if you're anything you think that would make an interesting show send it my way on twitter at overtime ireland or emailed across at overtime ireland at gmail.com my name is Colin Kelly, though you can follow me if you do wish. So when you're sending me that message, make sure you are following. Uh, it is at Overtime Ireland, and you can check Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. Lots of exciting content coming up on Rotoviz, as always, over the rest of 2023. We have only started 2023, Sean, but we are almost into March. By the time you listen to this, we are going to be in March, I think. But uh, yeah, time is going fast, but all the content has been supplied to you on rotaviz.com check that out and as sean mentioned earlier in the show if you want to subscribe and you haven't done so already you can get a 10 percent discount with the code rv radio 2023 but until we are back have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast